Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Who saw this early exit for the Phoenix Suns coming? The Browns are stuck between a rock and a hard place at quarterback and the Pittsburgh Penguins that we know will be very different next year. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Dallas Mavericks are going to the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns are sitting at home wondering what the heck happened. They were up 2-0 against Dallas and things fell apart from there. And of course, the blowout in Game 7 where Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker were on a milk carton. We don't have milk cartons anymore that really do that, but that's not that's not the point here. Join me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean. And, and Brendan, how did we get to this point with Phoenix after they were a historically good regular season team? The million-dollar question. Uh, I think it's two things, first and foremost. I think, first of all, Chris Paul was obviously, uh, frankly, a shell of himself. Um, you know, blame it on whatever injuries we've already heard about or may hear about in the next couple of weeks. I, I think that's a conversation for a different day about the frequency of those things, but he wasn't good enough. And the Suns are built around two star guards, and when one of them is not a star, the team is very, very human as we saw at times last postseason. And I think the other thing that explains this situation is they just frankly didn't have enough fight. I mean, it's one thing to lose a game seven to a what seems to be a guy on his way to being in the Hall of Fame in Luka Doncic. That, that's not something that I, I think you would be apoplectic over if you're a Suns fan necessarily in a normal circumstance, but this wasn't that. They lost by 33. They were down 40-plus a lot of this game. And that's, that becomes unacceptable. That becomes, you know, you took it not seriously enough. You, you took it for granted that you were going to win. You, you didn't have the mental resolve to overcome mistakes that you were making. Whatever, I don't know, I'm not in their brains. Whatever the, the one of those things that it was for each guy, bottom line is they, they were nowhere to be seen when, when adversity hit in that game. Seven and frankly at, at many times throughout the entire two rounds we saw this team. How do you handle this offseason if you're Phoenix when they have decisions to make on DeAndre Ayton? And I don't know, is it crazy to say a decision to make on Chris Paul? I don't think it's crazy to say a decision to make on Chris Paul, though I think it's pretty unlikely that that they move on from him. I think the problem more so than anything else is the reliance on him. And it might seem like, you know, 2020 vision looking back on things, but it wasn't small, the fact that Cameron Payne was an absolute non-factor and then got benched in this series. Um, mm. He was very, very big in key moments when Chris Paul was not himself or was just straight up inactive with the COVID at the beginning of the conference finals last year. Campaign had a double-double and then a 29-point game in both of the home games for the Suns in that series. He was huge throughout the past two years, and he just was was actively hurting them on both ends of the floor to the point where he got benched. You also have DeAndre and Mikael Bridges, again, for the second straight postseason, not having the juice to kind of do something with the ball in their hands when Chris Paul is, is taken out of the game or just not playing like himself. And so I don't think you move on. I don't think you, you necessarily panic all that much. I think the Aiton question is a big one. 
but you just have to be frank with yourself. I think that it's not uh, anything near reliability that, that you can trust Chris Paul to be there healthy for you at the end of a place playoff run. You know, is it going to be load management next year? Is it going to be investing in an awesome backup? Is it going to be another ball handling wing that they try to go out and get and swing for the fences on? I don't know, but I don't think you can roll into another season with the same structure of how this team operates and expect a, a highly different result. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what exactly are the Cleveland Browns going to do under center with one superstar who is likely to be suspended and another veteran who wants nothing to do with the team? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Here's a look at the conference finals odds in the NBA. After their takedown of the defending champs, the Boston Celtics are favorites to win the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat, who are, by the way, the one seed. Bet Online's money line is set at minus 165 for the Celtics. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors are clear favorites against the Dallas Mavericks. Bet Online has the odds for a Warriors series at minus 210. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Color Dennis Allen skeptical. The New Orleans Saints coach says a cryptic tweet by Drew Brees who hinted at a possible return to football was likely made in jest. Brees created a social media stir Sunday night when as part of a tweet to address speculation about his future, he said he may play football again. The 43-year-old Brees retired from football in March of 2021 and spent last season as an NFL analyst for NBC. The 13-time Pro Bowl quarterback tweeted Sunday in apparent response to the New York Post, which reported that Brees will not return to NBC for the 2022 season. I think it was a comment made in jest, and we certainly haven't had any conversations in that regard, Allen said. Well, and Tom Brady was retired for like five minutes, so we'll see. Boston Celtics guard Marcus Smart is questionable for game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat with a right mid-foot sprain, Coach Ime Udoka said on Monday. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Smart had an MRI on the foot Monday that came back clean and that Smart will test the foot on Tuesday. Smart appeared to suffer the injury when he fell over Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo during Boston's 109-81 victory in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals on Sunday. Noah Syndergaard was handed a 3-0 lead in the bottom of the first, but the LA Angels came to bat in the top of the second down 6-3. Yikes. And never mustered a comeback against the Texas Rangers. Well, that's not the kind of game you want to play against an AL West rival. What's going on, everybody? It's John from Locked On Angels, and the Angels dropped game one of the series against the Rangers, 7-4. Noah Syndergaard could not get out of the first inning. It was reminiscent of the Shohei Otani in New York game where he pitched and couldn't get out of the first inning. Something just was not working for Syndergaard tonight. And unfortunately, he only got two outs in that first inning. Jaime Berea, who hasn't pitched in about a month, came in and held the Angels close. It was 6-4 to four most of the game, and the Angels really had a lot of opportunities to come back. And they had so many balls that were hit with like 100 mile plus an hour exit velocities, and the Rangers were just gobbling those things up. Adoles Garcia in center field was just putting the hurt on us with some great plays out there in center field. 
So it's just one of those games where it felt like everything went right for the Rangers, but credit to them. They got game one. The Angels need to win series like this, and so hopefully they'll have more success in games two and three. Thor's hammer apparently not so mighty. Here is another story you need to know. The quarterback drama continues in Cleveland as it has all offseason. The NFL down in Texas speaking with Deshaun Watson as we think they are getting ready to close this investigation into the allegations and the civil trial that Deshaun Watson faced in this sexual misconduct trial. Plus, Baker Mayfield still unhappy, still in Cleveland. We're trying to find a resolution to that. Very different kind of drama. Joining me now, the hosts of Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, and our new host, Garrett Bush, who is also part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, which you should check out. Joining me now, and Garrett, let's start with you. How do you think whatever resolution we get with Deshaun Watson impacts Cleveland's timeline for finding a resolution with Baker Mayfield? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think Deshaun Watson might actually have a resolution coming up. You know, he's going to meet with them down in Texas. They may meet with him a couple more days. And for me, it's almost like the the league is is already come up and said, look, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna kick the can down the road in 2023. So let's get to a resolution. Let's see if we can find a middle ground here and get it over with. And then you know, next year when the civil cases happen. He can just go on and, and do whatever he's going to do in the civil cases, but he's already served his punishment here. Uh, so I think the two things might be kind of mutually exclusive. I, I actually think that Baker Mayfield, um, given his $18 million contract, I think there's a lot of teams dug in on the fact that we're not going to pay half that salary. And, and we're, we don't want to pay anything. We want to get him um, for free when you guys release him, and they're going to continue to make sure – that the Browns understand that. So if, in the Browns case, it's kind of like a waiting game. It's, it's a game of chicken, right? Who who wants to, uh, you know, blink first? And, and so for me, it, it looks like the other teams aren't going to blink. And so the Browns are going to have to come to one or two conclusions. Are we willing to just cut him free and let him go on wherever he's going to go? Um, and Or the second one is, are, are we really going to hold our, our cards and hope somebody gets hurt? Hope somebody goes down. But I heard something, and I think Rich Eisen said this a couple of days ago. I was watching him. And he said, even if Baker does go, you know, does end up as one of the guys that is there if a big price or a big-time um, quarterback goes down, he might not even be the first guy off the board. There's some people that may just say, all right, give me Jimmy G. This is, this is a guy who went to a Super Bowl, a guy that went to an NFC Championship game, he won at Lambeau Field. So I, some people may say, I, I could win with Jimmy G over Baker. I think uh, eventually this thing does get t- taken care of. Um, I still have little, you know, a little eye on Carolina. Still got a little bit of eye on Seattle. But I do think at the end of the day, before training camp is over, Baker won't be on the team. So, Jeff, if the market doesn't materialize, what is the best option for Cleveland? The best option is, you know, at worst, you're going to wait this out till Labor Day weekend. Because and what you're going to do is you're going to tell Baker, look, we know the deal here. You don't want to be here. We don't have what we feel is, you know, at least 
the Browns want to feel like they're getting something back on this. Um, and I do believe it, it hinges a ton on what happens in other places. Um, Carolina makes a ton of sense. Look, with the rumors recently of Sean Payton, um, with, the rumors were there before that maybe Matt Rule is really, really good in the NCAA, but he's not really, really good in the NFL. So you're going to tell me that Matt Corral, you know, is what you're going to bank on. I'm not saying that Baker is, but I'm saying, you know, look, this guy's won. This guy's played a playoff game on the road and he's won. Matt Corral is a guy we drafted in the third round. Coming up, the Penguins have been atop the standings in the NHL for a while. This season, we'll see a change in the core of the team, which could see a change in success for a franchise spoiled by it. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. I use it for my fantasy football leagues. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. Those are odds you aren't going to find other places. Download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. And on your mobile phone, join our listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. And then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. Well, that's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. What they do is take things that taste delicious and somehow find a way to make them healthy. The Built Puffs covered in 100% real chocolate made with collagen protein, which helps make it efficiently absorbed into your body. And yet we're talking about high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Built.com will help you out. Use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. Go there. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The Pittsburgh Penguins were stunned by the New York Rangers in overtime of Game 7 in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The roster that has put the Penguins in the perennial playoff picture is going to look very different next season, as Hunter Hodes from Locked On Penguins says. I just, I mainly just got sad just because of the core. You know, three players who have, you know, blessed my life for the last 16 years, who's, who have blessed everyone's life that listens to this show and all Penguins fans around the world for the best 16 years this franchise has ever seen. I mean, I understand Mario and Yager did their thing back in the 90s and Joe Mullen was there, Artie Stevens, Marty Straka, Paul Coffey, Tom Barrasso, all these guys uh, were just ridiculously good, but, you know, they, they didn't have a record of success like the Penguins had right here in this Sid Gino era. And I just got sad just because like this, this could be the end. Um, I, I remember everything about watching the team in the Sid Gino era. I mean, these three players are, you know, partly responsible for me, you know, being the fan I am today and, you know, pursuing a degree in journalism and pursuing a chance to do this show. Um, and, and I can't thank them enough for everything they've done, you know, for the, the city, 
the organization, <clears throat> the fans, everything. It just it feels like this 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 could be it for all three here, and it makes me sick to my stomach to say that because you know, it just they've been so good for so long. I mean, Crystal Tang just had probably the best season of his career outside of his 2016 season. Um, set a career high in points. His underlying numbers were fantastic. He'll probably finish top ten in the Norris Trophy voting. Sidney Crosby had another tremendous season. He was well over a point per game. He probably finishes close to 100 points um, if he doesn't miss the first <clears throat> couple weeks of the season. Evgeny Malkin was a point-per-game player at 35 years old. He's obviously not what he used to be, but he's still a pretty damn good player. Um, and if, if one or both of Latang or Malkin are gone, it's just it's going to put a you know a, a wrench into my childhood, a wrench into the team. Um, it, it's just it, it, there's the potential for there to be a lot of changes with this team. Making these sorts of changes in sports is never easy, not for teams. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's easier for teams to do it. They have the financial accommodations that they need to make. They are the ones balancing the wins and losses with the dollars and cents. They have, in some ways, the luxury of looking at this from a more objective perspective. It is black and white to them. For fans, you build memories. You become attached to teams, to lines, to defenders, to moments, to the feeling that we get from watching all-time great players play. From watching not even all-time great players. Sometimes it's a role player who becomes a fan favorite. Those are difficult connections to break. And when you're used to your team looking a certain way or being led by a certain type of player, even if your brain says, I know that this guy is not the kind of player that you can build your team around anymore or is not going to be worth the money or for whatever the reasons are, this team has to look different. Even if your brain can wrap itself around that idea. It can be really hard to tell what's beating in your chest. The feelings that you have, the scars that you've built together, the shared experiences of being with your friends, your family, your fellow fans, watching a player, watching players, watching your team compete. When those things have to change, it is like a loss. Not just because their season ended in a literal loss, but it is a loss of connective tissue to your team that you have to now regrow with new players, potentially new coaches. And these are experiences you just aren't getting back. The new players will not be the same. You can create new memories, but they will be new. Eventually, they will be old like the ones you have now. But this is the cycle of sports. And even if we can understand intuitively that it has to happen, having to go through these moments and to reflect on them almost immediately, in some cases immediately after a game when you realize, oh my gosh, this is the end of an era. Those losses, they hit different. And finally, if you haven't heard about the Saudi Arabian tour that is actively positioning itself to challenge the PGA tour as the world's premier professional golf tour, Consider this, they offered Jack Nicholas over $100 million to be the face of the new 
tour. That's how much they consider themselves players in the global picture. I was offered something in excess of $100 million by the Saudis to do the job, probably similar to the one Greg Norman is doing, Nicholas said. I turned it down. Once verbally, once in writing. I said, guys, I have to stay with the PGA Tour. I helped start the PGA Tour. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Wednesday, will the Heat or the Celtics catch the first advantage in the Eastern Conference Finals? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.